Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 42 of the Building Strength Podcast. It's your boy Theo Lim coming at you again Thursday afternoon from the car. Car sessions. Loving it. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome on the Building Strength Podcast, we talk about anything and everything related to building strength inside of the gym, but possibly, more importantly, outside of the gym as well. So if we got episode 42 out of 52 this year, I'm excited. So as per usual, just finished at Myo Detox Performance. We just did the 12 p.m. noon class. And actually today I'm going to share with you guys the workout we do or the training session we do at Mao Detox Performance. So on deck for today's episode, I'm going to give you a sample full body workout that we do at Mao Detox Performance. I'm going to talk about how training with low reps has brought me back to my roots and I'm super excited about it. Uh, I can't believe that I got away from it a little bit, but we're back now. So low rep training. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about how often, I got a question regarding how often you should be uh, working out. How often should you train heavy in one week? How often should you do conditioning work? How often should you do cardio? I'm gonna answer all that in today's episode. But before we get started, let's take a deep breath. Let's give 10 seconds for the loving kindness meditation. I haven't done this in the last couple weeks. So what we can do, close your eyes, picture two people in your life. Could be your friends, could be your family, doesn't matter. Just picture their face and wish happiness for them. So I'm going to give you guys 10 seconds right here to get that in. Nice, that's great. So again, the idea behind that is just if you're expressing gratitude or if you're um, expressing positivity, it's almost impossible, if not impossible, to feel bad. So. Let's take a deep breath, we'll jump right in. So today's sample workout. We did the Myo Detox performance. This was a forte class, a strength training class, full body. So it's a one hour class, but really the training itself is about 40 minutes. So here's how we broke it down today. We did three different stations. 13 minutes a piece. So 39 minutes total of work. So three stations, 13 minutes. I like these long stations because it really gives you time to actually build strength, practice your technique, and put in that work. Put in that work, baby. So first station, exercise one, big, this is a, one of the bigger 
bigger exercise of the, of the day, we did the barbell Romanian deadlift, eight reps there. Paired that up with the rollouts, ab wheel rollouts, eight reps, and also side plank, 20 seconds per side. Different variations, feet elevated. One side plank variation I've recently started playing with is, okay, so you put, usually feet elevated, you put your feet on a bench to do the side plank, right? So imagine the feet in the air, the body's pretty horizontal here. So another variation you can do, targets the adductors very well, is you can just place the top foot on the bench. You're gonna have to really brace hard there because that top, that top foot, say it's your left leg at the top, the right foot just hangs in the air. You still gotta keep it tight though. But that left adductor is gonna be on fire. If you've, ever, if you've never done that before, that's a great side plank variation. So first station, Romanian deadlifts, eight reps. Ab wheel rollouts, eight reps. Side plank, each side, 20 seconds. First station right there. In 13 minutes, you're looking at anywhere from three to five or six maybe. Three, three to five sets of each exercise. So that's a good amount of work. I always say, use always that first set or that second set. Those need to be warm-up sets. Use those to set the tone for the rest of the workout. Second station. Another big move of the day, we did, we did pause squats today. Only five reps, because I really wanted people to work on that technique, work up to some heavier weights, and just get that working. So five reps only. We paired that up with single arm kettlebell swings, 10 per side. So only two exercises there for 13 minutes. You could hit six sets there. So say one to three warm-up sets to ramp up, depending on how strong you are, and then chilling, getting those working sets in. Last one, last station. So those first two stations are more strength focused. Big moves, we're doing the RDL and the squat. Those are big moves. Everything else in between was kind of core work, accessory work, still approached with a lot of intention, but in terms of mental energy, in terms of physical energy, focusing on those big lifts. Okay, lastly, we have third station, the upper body station. I called this the building armor station. Basically, we did 10, 10 reps of the dumbbell floor press. So you're laying on the ground, you're doing, it's like a bench press, but you're laying on the floor. 10 reps there, get up, 15 lateral raises with dumbbells, 15 dumbbell curls, and then 30 banded tricep extensions. So again, 10 floor presses, 15 lateral raises, 15 dumbbell curls, 30 tricep extensions. Hit all four, rest 30 seconds, rest one minute, go again. That's just, that's just all pump work building armor for life. Building armor on that body, baby. So that's an example, that's a sample session that we do at Mild Detox Performance. Um, it's all, usually it's full body. So how I break it down is that I like having the, I just base everything off movement patterns. So the RDL was a big hinging pattern so we took care of the hinge 
Squat was another one. We took care of the squat. I actually didn't have any pulling in today's session. I usually do have a lot of pulling, but today took a break from that, gave a little more attention to the arms. So in terms of movement patterns, a pressing pattern was the floor press. And really that was it. Only three big movement patterns. Everything else was kind of like the core work very core work is very important. Rollouts, you get that anti-extension work. Side planks, you get that anti-lateral flexion work. Kettlebell swings, another hinge pattern, but really just working on the swing. And then all the pump work, like the armor, building armor, biceps, triceps, shoulders. That's just to a little bit of functional hypertrophy, if I may. So that's a sample workout. Just wanted to give you guys that. Um, you can totally use that as a template to like do a session at on your own. Switch things up where you need to. So I wanted to talk about um, warming up. I, I made a post on Instagram recently. I wrote, I wrote, the quality of your warm-up sets will determine the quality of your working sets. So I think this is really important. I think having a good grasp on how to warm up for your lifts, bigger lifts especially like squats, deadlifts, bench press, any really big uh, barbell compound move. I think having a good grasp on how to warm up to get to your working weights really separates like the average gym goer that kind of knows what they're doing versus the gym goer that knows what they're doing. So warm-up sets, let's talk warm-up sets. So it's really going to depend on how strong you are because that will determine the weights that you're going to use for your warm-up sets and your working sets. So let's use the squat for an example today. Say you squat, say you can squat 135 pounds for five reps, okay? So say five reps is comfortable with 135 pounds. I wouldn't put 135 pounds on the bar on the first set, just because that's, that's if that's your working set, you shouldn't warm up with that weight. So, what I do is I backtrack or I figure out, know where you want to go first, like know what kind of weight you want to hit, whether that's 135, 225, 315, just know in the general area where you want to go. Even if it's a range, say, okay, I kind of think, I think I can work to like 135 to 165 range today and then go from there. So if I was able to squat 135 for five, here's how I would warm up. Ideally, I would warm up with the bar, five to eight reps, whatever. And guys, if, you, if this is new to you, if this is something you haven't heard before, please grab a pen and paper, write this down, because this, again, I find this is one of the key things in terms of, this is one of the key things that separates the average gym goer to the gym goer that actually knows what the hell they're doing. So, ideally, I'd warm up with the bar. Me personally, I always warm up with the bar. Even if it's just three to five reps, whatever. You just wanna make sure everything's okay. 
like everything's working okay? Are the knees okay? Are the ankles okay? Maybe I need to do more stretching. Maybe I need to do more mobility work before I actually start squatting. So, bar for five reps. And then from there, I have a couple options. I could go 75 pounds or I could go 95 pounds. It doesn't really matter. I don't think it's a huge deal. So for example, let's do 75 pounds because if I had a client who could squat 135 for five, I'll make them do 130, I'll make them do 75 pounds. So 75 pounds for five. From there, okay, from here, it's simple math, really. Generally, when you warm up, like me personally, if I'm squatting, I always warm up bar and quarter. So the bar for five, and then I'll do 95 pounds for five. So in this example, the person is gonna do 75 pounds. So basically they're gonna use 75 pounds as the warm-up set until they're strong enough to do 95 pounds for the warm-up set. So 75 pounds for five. Okay, now let's do the math. From 75 pounds to 135 pounds. Just subtract, 135 minus 75. There's 60 pounds in between the 75 pounds and the 135 pounds. Stay with me here, because this is important, guys. So there's 60 pounds in between. What we're looking to do is to make even jumps. So what I would, you have two options here. You could divide that by three. So 20 pound jumps. So you could do 75 pounds, 95 pounds, 115 pounds and then 135 pounds right so you'd effectively be doing 75 95 115 and then 135 or if you're comfortable making a bigger jump basically the stronger you are the bigger of jumps you can make so if you're if you're squatting 135 you're making like small 20 15 to 30 pound jumps it's really when you're squatting like 400 pounds, 300 pounds, then yeah, maybe the jumps are gonna be like 40 to 70 pounds between each one. So let's go back to this example. So instead of making 20 pound jumps, let's say someone, you wanna, there's 60 pounds in between and you only wanna do two sets. So let's do, let's divide that only by two. So 75 pounds, 105 pounds, and then 135, and then you're there. So the key is making even jumps, because let me give you an example of bad warm-up sets. So you can squat 135 for five. A really terrible thing to do would be to go 115 for five. Why? Because it's not light enough to actually be a warm-up, like it's too close to 135 to be a warm-up so with the warm-up sets you want to use them to feel good number one feel good about yourself feel good about the movement make sure everything's working okay but really you're using these to build confidence so boom you do 75 it's easy five reps it should not be hard but you should be intentional about it so this is where the quality of the set comes in because you can do 75 pounds lazy not get a whole lot of it, out of it. I saw this today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain. You can do 75 pounds and not get a whole lot out of it, or you can do 75 pounds, be really intentional, tight back, big brace, tight core, and then squat, 
boom, control down, drive up fast. You do five of those really well, you're gonna be like confidence just boosted 20%. You're gonna be putting on those next weights with some attitude because you know you just fucked up that weight and the next one you're gonna fuck it up as well, right? Fuck it up in a good way. Sorry guys, I'm excited. Um, if you can tell, I'm sure you can tell. <laughs> okay, so again, building confidence. It's just building confidence. You're just building it. You're letting yourself know that you can do it and you can do it well. So 75 pounds, you crush it. 95 pounds, you crush it. 115 pounds, you crush it. By the time you get to 135, your confidence is so high, you're feeling so good, you know your technique's good, boom, no problem. So in the bad examples, which is what I saw today, the, the lady didn't put on too much weight. She could, she could have done it, no problem, but she didn't bring enough intention to the set. She did it in a lazy way because when the weights are light, you can get away with anything. You can, like, the strength is there. You can pick it up any way you want. So what happened was she did 75 pounds. It was okay. It wasn't great, but she could do it because it was light for her. And then she put on 105 pounds. So again, great jumps. I, I like that. But when she got to 105 pounds, suddenly the weight's actually heavy enough that she needs to be intentional about it. But because she didn't practice that intentionality in the prior set, by the time she got to the heavier set, the confidence wasn't there. She, it, she just, she didn't show herself that she could do it and that she could do it well. So when she got under 105 pounds and she tried squatting it, the knees caved in, the core collapsed. It was bad. It was, and she knew it was bad too. She got up, she like, she racked it and she, she came out, she looked at me, she's like, I think it's a bit too heavy. So we stripped down the weight, we went back to 75, and I said, look, I, I think you know, I've seen you squat before, I know that you know what you're doing. Uh, let's go take it more seriously this time. So she did it, absolutely destroyed it, crushed it, great form, tears in my eyes when it's great form like that. And then um, she got out, she finished the set, she looked at me, she's like, okay, that was good, let's go back to 105. She put 105 on again, and then she crushed it. She absolutely crushed it. So that's an example of not being a bit lazy with the warm-up sets. So the quality of your warm-up sets will affect the quality of your working sets. So what happened there, although at the end of the day, yeah, she still squatted 105, but she wasted, she wasted a bit of time there. She could have just done it well the first time, and then we wouldn't have had to backtrack. So really take your time with those warm-up sets. Those warm-up sets are your opportunity to make sure that your body is doing well, your body's prepared, your body's feeling good, and then, then it's all mental there. Let's build that confidence up. Because at the end of the day, like we're talking about strength. We're not talking about just physical strength. We're talking about mental strength. And when we're talking about lifting weights, lifting heavy, the mental attitude plays a big factor here. So that's it on warm-up sets and uh, bringing intention on, bringing intention into the warm-up. So I hope you guys got a lot out of that 
portion of this episode. I really do believe like there are a couple things that really separates the average gym goer to to you. Because I know you guys are not the average gym goer. And if you are, you're not gonna be for much longer. Because I got you. I got you. Okay, so there are a couple things I find that uh, um, separate the gym goer. The warm-up routine, like the general mobility, separates the average person to the person that actually cares and knows what they're doing. The way you warm up in your warm-up sets, your weight selection, I find that plays a big factor as well. And then one other thing I find plays a big role is do you go into the gym with a game plan or not? Because I really believe that Like going in with a game plan is key, especially when you're just starting out or especially when you're just uh, building up those habits. Because I know there are people who operate well. I'm not saying you need like a really detailed game plan. I know some people do well with like a skeleton of a game plan. Like, okay, they know they're gonna go in and do, I don't know, chest and biceps. So they know they're gonna do three exercises of chest three exercise biceps, reps and sets, they don't really know, weights, they don't really know. That's fine, some people operate well like that. But that's still important. A skeleton of a game plan is still better than no game plan at all. So, just a side note right there. All right, so I'm really excited about, I'm really excited about the low, the training I've been doing. And in general, it's been awesome, like the kettlebells, the daily pull-ups. But one thing that this has showed me is that low reps works when you're talking about strength. And like, this is something I knew. This is something like I grew up on. And this is something that everyone knows. And I just, I just can't believe like I kind of got away from that in a way. Not completely, but in a way I got away from the basics of strength training. Low reps, treating the reps as practice because strength is a skill. So what what this um, program that I've been doing has really showed me is that low reps works, but only if you do them well. So, two examples of low reps that I've been doing with myself and with my clients. Number one, chin-ups. So, I'm someone who can do about, I can do, I think nowadays I can do like 15 chin-ups unbroken. Maybe 20 if I, if someone put a gun to my head. Whether or not all 20 will look great, debatable. Probably not, actually. So what I've been doing is I'm doing 60 pull-ups a day now. I started with 50 pull-ups a day for the first month and now I'm doing 60 pull-ups a day. So I could do six sets of 10. I could do that, but my form will definitely break down towards the end of the set. So what I've been doing is 10 sets of six. So six is easy enough that I know I can do it. And it's still slightly challenging towards the end, but very little, very little uh, 
strain involved. Anyway, I'm able to get six really good reps. So I do 10 sets of six every day. And then Turkish get-ups. I do five sets of one rep, literally only one rep per side. And then I rest and I do five sets of those. So I do that four times a week. So let me give you guys a really concrete example of how my strength has gone up by just doing low reps. But here's the thing, because the intensity is low, the frequency and the volume needs to be high. I'm gonna talk about that later on as well. I'm gonna go into more into that. So I just put up a video. I did the 48 kilogram kettlebell. That's 106 pounds. Also known as heavy as fuck. I did one rep Turkish getup. I, I'm, I didn't really put it down as well as I wanted to. So I didn't really count it as a rep. I'm gonna try it again maybe in a week or two and I'm confident I'll be able to do it. But on my right hand, I got up with the 48 kilogram kettlebell and I pretty much came down with it just until the end. I couldn't control myself all the way down. So that was my first time ever attempting it. And that was my first time ever even touching that weight for the Turkish getup. What I've been working with, so, I've been doing this for six weeks. The first two weeks, I did it with just my shoe, just so my Birkenstock, Turkish getup. I did five sets of one. It's just been five sets of one this whole time. Plenty of rest in between sets too. So I did my shoe for a long time, and then I did the 24 kilogram kettlebell. At this point, that's pretty doable. I, I could still control it a little more, so it's still a good weight for me to work with. And then what I started doing when 24 kilos got easy, er, easier, I started using the 32 kilogram kettlebell. So that's been fun as well. That, that's pretty heavy on most days. Like my, especially on my left side, it's just not as strong as my right side. So 32 kilograms, I do here and there. I, ha I still haven't done five sets of one all with 32 kilograms. I usually still start with a 24 kilogram, at least for the first two sets, if not the first three sets, and then I do 32 kilograms. So I was feeling good yesterday. So I, I was like, you know what? There's a hundred, there's a 48 kilogram at the gym. Let me try this. So I tried on my left side, my strong side. Wasn't happening. So what did I do? I tried on my stronger side. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, you saw that I got that done. Again, I, I'm pretty critical about my technique, so I'm not counting it as a rep. But it's crazy because that was such a big jump from 32 kilograms. That's like a 30 in pounds. It's like a 30, 35 pound jump. Anyway, it's a big jump. And I, it's just amazing how the strength that I built was done off just one rep because it was mostly it's not really yes it's a strength aspect but it's a lot of technique so practicing it as a skill has been super helpful so let me give you a better example for something you guys are probably 
um, dealing with as well. So a lot of my clients, especially my female clients, have a goal of doing body weight chin-ups. That's great. So how I used to approach that was, so we do band-assisted chin-ups. We do band-assisted chin-ups. We do negative chin-ups as well. We used to do, say, three sets. And we would do something like, depending on the, on the thickness of the band, we would do something like, say, eight, eight, and then max out the last one. So like anywhere from eight to 12 usually. And it, it was okay, it worked, it worked, but the technique wasn't as good. So now we've really shifted the focus on the chin-ups to lower reps. A lot of my clients are doing anywhere from three to five reps, sometimes two, two to five reps. So what we've been doing is, so instead of doing three sets of eight to 10, now we'll do four sets of three to five. And keeping the reps low so they don't fatigue as much and then just letting them practice the, the motion of the pull-up. Now we start, we used to not do a dead hang, but now we hang all the way down. We initiate well with our lats, tighten the core, and then we do a proper pull-up. Every single rep now is a proper pull-up. All the way down, all the way up. And what we've noticed over time, we've noticed insane strength gains over time. Like, so basically when you do high reps, you have to use the thicker bands, right? And then, so that gives you a lot of assistance, which is fine. It's not a bad thing, but I find now because the reps are lower, like three to five reps, we can use the thin bands. So for people who can pretty much already do one body weight chin up, maybe two body weight chin ups, we use like a thin red band, the thinnest red band, the one we use for like pull aparts, band dislocations and usually that lets them do three to four so we're able to build up that volume with that light band and then there's there's like the the next two levels of bands slightly thicker those work really well too for the low reps so i've just been it's just been fascinating how oh snap like these low reps are helping you a lot because yes you're getting stronger but mostly you're just getting better at doing them so that's something I've really enjoyed. That's something I'm going to keep doing. And then that's actually something, it just, a light bulb turned on in my head. I was like, wait, I learned how to squat well because I was only doing like five reps per set. So one argument for doing five reps or less when we're talking about strength is that the fatigue doesn't affect your performance like the lactic acid, all that stuff doesn't affect your ability to actually squat or deadlift or whatever. So one thing I've been doing, say I have beginner clients. I have a lot of clients who are still learning how to squat, learning how to deadlift. Mostly this is like squatting with a dumbbell, deadlifting with a kettlebell. Those are my go-tos. Like if someone wants to learn how to squat, we're doing the goblet squat. If someone wants to learn how to deadlift, we're doing the kettlebell deadlift. And until you can show me that you're competent, more than competent actually, unless you can show me that you're a fucking pro, 
that you know what you're doing, then we're getting under the bar. So, something I had been doing for goblet squats, especially beginner climbs, I was doing, say, four sets of ten, which is fine. Like, it's not a bad thing. I just found, I just realized that I can just make this so much better. So, four sets of ten. So, instead of doing four sets of ten now, which is 40 total reps, right? Now I'm bringing that down a little. I'm bringing it down to like five sets of five or even five. I like six as well. I think six is still low enough. I'll do five sets of six squats. And the light bulb clicked in my head. I was like, oh my God, what have I been doing? Like their squats, they're squatting so much better. They're deadlifting so much better simply because the fatigue is not there. So if you're trying to learn a new skill or a new lift, keep the reps low and just get better at performing those lifts. Because I'm going to say it one more time, strength is a skill and it needs to be practiced in order to master it. So that's it for the low rep training. I've really been enjoying that. If anyone has any specific questions on that. If anyone wants the actual chin-up program that we've been doing, like I'll lay it out for you. If anyone wants that, please just send me a DM on Instagram at theodore.lim or you can email me. I usually put my Instagram and my email in the show notes. I'll send you what we've been doing for the chin-ups and we'll get those chin-ups up, no problem. All right, last thing I want to address. Someone had asked me, how often should I train? I think this is a common question. Of course, number one, how often you should train, you should pick the most realistic and sustainable number of days to train. So if two days is realistic for you, do two days. If six days is realistic for you, do six. Just make sure it's sustainable for more than like three months. So when this person had asked me, how often should I train? The answer is always it depends, number one. Answer is always it depends. So what does it depend on? It depends on three factors. When you're thinking about training, any kind of training, I think, you have to think about the frequency in which you're training. So how often are you doing a certain activity? How often are you strength training in a week? How often are you swimming in a week? So that's the frequency, how often you're there. Then you have to look at volume. How much work are you doing? Are you doing five sets of five? Or are you doing five sets of 10? Or are you doing 10 sets of 10? Because 10 sets of 10 is a lot more volume than five sets of five, right? Everyone can agree on that one. So volume, how much work you're doing. And I like to give you guys non-lifting examples. Say you're swimming, you're a swimmer. Frequency would be how often you're at the pool. Um, volume would be how much you're swimming in one day. So maybe you're doing 50 laps. 50 laps is a lot more volume than 
10 laps, right? And then now let's go third factor. So there's frequency, there's volume, the last factor being intensity. So how hard are you going? So in a lifting standpoint, are you squatting five by five at 60% because you just want to practice? Or are you squatting five by five at 85%, which is very tough. I think 80% is very tough. So that's in terms of intensity. Another example of intensity would be, are you working up to heavy triples or are you just doing, um, I don't know. And so instead of doing say five sets of three reps, you're doing heavy triples versus again, three sets of five at like 70%. There's a major difference in how hard you actually have to work, right? How hard you're actually going. So those are three factors you need to be aware of. There's the frequency of which you're doing something. There's the volume, how much you're doing something. And there's the intensity. So let's go back to that swimming example, just to keep it consistent. Are you swimming five laps at an all out 100% sprint? Or are you doing five laps of recovery swimming? So you're just chilling, working on technique, right? So here's the caveat here, caveat. I've never used that word before. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you can only go hard at two of those factors. One of them has to take a back seat. This is why it depends on how, this is why how often you train depends. So, well, here's the thing. You could go hard at all three. You could train seven days a week. You could do a shit ton of work all seven days and you could train hard all seven days, but you're not going to be able to sustain that. You'll probably do it for like two weeks, maybe three if you're a beast, but then something's going to go wrong. Either you're going to burn out, you're going to get too fatigued or worse, you're going to get injured. So when you're designing a program or you're thinking about a program, take into account of course, aside from like the movement patterns and all that, all that stuff, you have to be aware of the frequency, intensity, and the volume. So let me give you, I think the exa I think what I'm doing right now for my program is an excellent example of this. So frequency, I'm training pretty frequently. I'm doing pull-ups every day. I'm doing kettlebell swings and Turkish get-ups four times a week. And I'm doing my traditional barbell training twice a week. So I'm training seven days a week. Frequency is very high. Volume, volume I'd say is like moderate to high right now. I'm doing a lot, I'm doing 420 pull-ups a week. I'm doing 300 plus swings a week. And I'm doing I don't know, 20 reps of the Turkish getup per side every week. And then of course I'm barbell training on top of that. So volume is pretty high. That means my intensity has to be quite low, which it is. So like my swings and pull-ups, yeah, it's work, but I'm not like pushing 90%. 90% 
95% constantly, right? I'm like chilling in like 60 to 70% most days. Same with the get-ups. And then the lifting, yeah, the lifting is like 80% max right now. So in my example, frequency is very high, volume is pretty high, and intensity takes a really, it takes a backseat. So that's just a really big factor to be aware of as well when you're talking about training. Setting up really any kind of training, whether you're training for a triathlon, you've got to factor in so much more. How often are you going to run? How hard are you going to run? How often are you going to strength train? Because you need to do that too. How often are you going to swim? How often are you going to cycle? So these things actually become a lot more complex when it's things in addition to strength training. Either way, strength training has to be there just because strength is never a weakness. Anyway, I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. I hope you got some ideas from that sample workout. I hope you got some good tips about warming up and how to do warm-up sets. Um, I hope you got some good tips and ideas for chin-ups and low rep training. And then lastly, please consider the volume, the intensity, and the frequency in which you're training. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you enjoyed that episode, please share this episode with a friend. Drop a review on iTunes. That's super helpful as well. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace.